is Tansley Stearns? Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Matt Nahan. He's an artist, a friend, a collaborator, an advocate for social causes, a son, a partner, and a dog dad. He is also the executive director of our Relentless Care Foundation, leading the philanthropic impact CFCU ignites across Michigan. This is Matt's story. Who is Matt Nahan? Wow, what a question. Um, So I am a partner, I'm a dog dad, I'm a son, friend, community social worker, educator, artist, collaborator. And I think really at the core, I'm a person who's passionate about the systems that impact the lives of people. Finish this sentence for me. The world will be a better place when? When more people identify with the future they will never see. Oh. So it comes from a, a Greek proverb, which is the full one is uh, society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they shall never sit. So setting aside the male focused part of that reality, that statement, you know, I think it really just identifying with your future self and the future self, the future of your children, your grandchildren and the world you may never see. When more people identify with the future, they will never see. Matt's referring to the ultimate act of selflessness, building a legacy, creating greater value for people you have never met, and in many cases, that have yet to be born. Legacies transcend generations and solve present problems so people don't have to face them in the future. Legacy. Have you identified yours? When you're your happiest, most joyful times you're listening to? Hamilton. Oh, you and my kiddo. And or <laughs> Mumford and Sons live at Red Rocks. Oh, you pull out the Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. Oh. Went there. Yes. Love that. Okay. So what's an album you'll listen to from first song to last? So I am guilty of the old jump around. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's... There's two. One is an album by a friend of mine. It's called Singer, Sinner, Sinner, Songwriter. Ooh. And he's one of my oldest friends. His name is Philip Michael Scales. And he calls his music Dive Bar Soul. So it's heartfelt, but it's true. And so it makes you want to shake it and dance all around all at the same time. Oh, I have to listen to this. I've not heard this. And then I love the Juilliard String Quartet's recording of Mendelssohn's String Quartet's number one and two. I love this. I have homework. Tell us what made you laugh out loud recently. So my favorite thing about laughing is when it's impromptu. And so recently I went to go see a movie with some friends of mine and we all piled into a car, which I probably haven't done like since college. And we were just, it was all my old friends. We were just joking and laughing and it was nothing in particular, but we were all just so happy and relaxed and in our happy place and laughing. And it was just so awesome and pure. Love that. 
When was the last time you danced so hard your feet were sore? So I am ashamed to say it's been about a year. What? I know, I know. Well, once my MBA is done, I'll get back to dancing. But friend of mine's wedding in the basement of the Masonic Temple, dancing to Larry Lee in the Back in the Day band, um, it got funky. We'll just say that. Yes. When you feel down, you heal by? Getting outside in nature, um, I've spent I spend a lot of time on Belle Isle. Uh, I live in the city of Detroit, and Belle Isle, you know, just reminder of the ebbs and flows of nature and the year and the 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 birth and death of na- you know the the flowers and the animals and the sounds. It just really centers me. Love that. Who's someone you look up to? So for me, it's it's not so much one person, but a type of person. So I look up to people who commit their lives to caring. For their neighbor, students calling on decades of their experience to really create solutions to problems that, frankly, we may never fully overcome. And so, you know, look, things like housing or health disparities or, you know, what some would call a food desert or a food apartheid. So those folks who I've worked with are those folks who I've seen and emulated folks like Merlisa Lockett, Rita, Rita Morris, Miss Jerry Hebron, Phyllis Edwards, Pam Lewis, all folks that Detroiters will, will recognize if we got Detroiters who would listen. But it's really those folks who've committed their lives to doing the work that is difficult and hard, but that relates to their identity and their being. Do you have a mantra you live by? I think... I know it's kind of, kind of cliche, but um, be the change, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Um, the Gandhi quote, it is cliche, but at the same time, it has really over the years, you know, directed me to why I do what I do and, and to sort of keep me, keep me focused on it. Yeah. Tell us about your impossible. So my impossible really has to do with working to foster and bolster equitable systems that boost and access, boost access to things that many of us take for granted. So systems of basic needs, the lack of which, you know, traditionally, unfortunately, disproportionately um, impact black, brown and indigenous communities. So for me in my career, it's been things like after school transportation, community food systems, and now looking at affordable homeownership. Love that. What are some of the challenges you face that looked insurmountable? So the thing that really comes to mind for me on this is just getting through COVID Um, Mm. and, and not only just getting through it, but showing up for everyone who needed me. So we, many of us know that, you know, for folks who are working in the healthcare space or in health adjacent spaces, it was particularly hard time, but the work that I was doing at Henry Ford health working in Detroit, you know, death and loss was just absolutely everywhere. And so every conversation was, you know, we were seeking to hold space for our colleagues, for our program participants, friends, family, the board that I was leading at the time, um, and then trying to balance my own emotions. My own emotional wellness was, it was was a lot. It was challenging, but I got through it. Love that. Has there been a point in your journey where you felt like giving up? There have been, yeah. More more than a few, frankly, but- (laughs) You know, giving up is, I know other guests of yours have said this, you know, giving up just sort of isn't an option, you know, be it professional or personal challenges. But um, what I have sort of come to learn about myself is that giving up just isn't something that I do. And so somehow I just always manage to get it done. And every time I get through another challenge, I'm guess I'm just stronger in my conviction and my belief in myself that I can do or handle whatever is thrown at me. 
So something you touched on earlier makes me curious about what you just said, which is when you think about tackling or devoting your passions to something that you may never solve, how do you stay whole through that? It really is finding, you know, an, when I think about you, the, the notion of the impossible, every little piece can sometimes feel impossible, but at the same time, every little win makes you see that you're taking steps towards that impossible. And so that can be everything from a participant in a snap ed cooking class saying, Hey, chef Matt, I didn't eat fast food this week and how watching their face look absolutely full of pride in their in their personal growth that small step which over time adds up and so things like that are the the gems that that or that great connection to a new partner who really wants to solve a problem with you and those things and of course the people around you right the team you work with the people who lift you up who are there you know to have your back but you know to speak up when you're just not feeling it you know that's that's all part of how those big intractable problems for me. And I think for many folks who are social workers or, or work in social services or in the community related world, I think for many of us, those are pieces of how we keep going and see the progress and move towards impossible. Love that. Would you share a story about something that went bananas at the time and now you can look back and laugh? <laughs> so <laughs> I can, as yes. it turns out. Um, I mentioned SnapEd a second ago. And so for, for many of your listeners may not know, but Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program is cash food assistance that comes down from the USDA. And so SnapEd is the education side of that. And so working within federal regulations and guidelines, right, it can be challenging. So trying to be innovative and create healthy changes in community with partners who have lots of different priorities, but you have to keep doing the work and telling the story, it's a lot. But what's been really interesting about looking back at it, while I can laugh, it's also one of those things well, there's pieces in there of those of that work that is what I think back to and say, I can do this. I can get through what's being asked of me. Achieving your impossible is one thing, but there are no fairy tales with happy endings. We reach milestones. We keep going. What challenges is your impossible still facing? So for me, so much of it boils down to understanding empathy our our own perceptions and how implicit bias can shape our views. So, I mean, you know, complex social problems and barriers that exist for certain groups and communities can feel like they don't impact us at all. Um, but I believe through greater emp- empathy, exploring questions and questioning those, you know, those knee-jerk decisions or perceptions that we have about an event, a person, or an idea, we can really move all together towards a strengthening and making our collective we more healthy. So that, that I think to me is, is really what crystallizes it. How do you grow empathy? Practice, um, being aware. Um, I do believe that empathy is something that can be explored and grown. I think being able to pause and listen, understanding the history of those who's, who are around you, who may look like you, who may not look like you, um, and having brave conversations and stepping up and stepping back and being a good listener. 
What is your advice for folks to face their fear of inaction and use the fire in their bellies to bring their impossible dreams to life? Just start. Mm -hmm. So break the inertia, um, but ask questions, ask for help, reach out to your people, right? Find, I've always found that finding the person or people who you know can lift you up and connect you to other people is going to help you magnify the momentum that you're seeing. Um, and I think that's really part of it. it. It is really easy to get stuck in that inertia, but when you feel it, you feel it in your belly, that fire, start somewhere, put words on the page, make the phone call, make the to-do list, just move forward one step at a time. It's been really helpful for me. It's how you got this job. Uh, it happens to be, yeah, right LinkedIn message on the right day to the right CEO. And now I have a job I never even knew would exist. Matt and I first met when he reached out via LinkedIn. That's right. He messaged me with genuine curiosity about the work CFCU was doing. He wanted to be part of it. We got to know him and the rest is history. Leading the philanthropic impact of an organization well known for its giving is a challenging task. Enhancing its impact by becoming a foundation may feel like an impossibility that Matt is well qualified to lead us through. Is today the day you'll connect with someone ready to ignite impossible dreams? What's your next impossible, my friend? So, I mean, given what we've talked about, I think, you know, it's maybe obvious to say that my impossible sort of only really enters new phases. And so for me, this new phase, and I'm so excited about it, is afford working on affordable home ownership. And it's, it's a really great time to be doing this work. And we collectively are really fortunate to be surrounded by so many amazing partners in Detroit, in Southeast Michigan, in Northeastern Michigan, who are actively working to solve this, these challenges. And so I'm excited to be part of identifying those solutions and helping to magnify. This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.